Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to CMO Moves the podcast that uncovers the human side of game-changing leaders. Hear their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and how they got to become leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. We hope you enjoy their stories, their advice, and take away some tips and inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, Heidi here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of CMO Moves. Today's episode quite literally has been almost three years in the making, and I'll tell you in a minute why, but without further ado, because I've been excited to welcome her to the show for a while, I'd like to introduce today's guest, the lovely Nikki Newberger, who is the Chief Brand Officer of Lululemon. Nikki, welcome to CMO Moves. Thank you, Heidi. I'm happy to be here finally. Yes, yes. And I mean, it's really not a long story. Nikki and I had a chance to meet um, in person pre-pandemic at Brand Week um, when it was in Palm Springs and just really had heard so much about you and, and wanted to get you as, as part of our um, features. And of course, life happens and we've just been playing uh, email tag and all of the sorts to get Nikki on the show for a while. So I'm so happy to make it happen. Me too. So a little bit about Nikki before we dive in. You're a true Nike veteran. You worked your way up from intern, right? At, at yeah, Nike, yep, all I the way to, as an intern. to global brand VP. Nikki has led global marketing for Uber Eats, and she currently sits on the board for skincare brand Curology, in addition to her role as CBO for Lululemon. So 
tell us a little bit more about you outside of your resume stats there, Nikki, where are you based and where are you from? Yeah. So I am now based in LA. I've been here for just over two years. So pretty much since the pandemic hit. Uh, Prior to that, I was in San Francisco while I was with Uber, but I am born and raised Portland, Oregon. So Pacific Northwest gal. Um, So you've just been working your way down. I've been working my way south. I don't know how much farther it goes, but that's exactly what has been happening. So I'm in LA. What I will tell you is um, the the sunshine does matter, makes a difference. Um, especially as a runner, which is the primary, my primary activity. Now it's my, the center of my social life, um, and how I take care of myself following a lifetime of, um, sports. So I grew up an athlete. I grew up the daughter of two coaches and educators and really sports has been at the center of who I am, um, team sports more specifically. So I'm growing into, what it means to run and compete with myself, but do it with community. That's awesome. And so I was going to ask you, you are a uh, natural athlete. And so I'm sure that brought another level of excitement when the Lululemon opportunity came, given you had spent so much time with a brand you could connect with like Nike. So tell us how that opportunity came to be for you in taking this role with Lululemon. Yeah. So I got the call about this role while I was at Uber. So I had been out of Nike for a couple of years and with intention wanted to step out of the industry and really um, try my hand and build my marketing muscle inside of a, a new category, new product and within tech, honestly. So when I got the call from Lululemon, I had a moment of like, oh no, it's it's sooner than I thought I would potentially be going and stepping back into the industry. I think I always knew that I would end up um, where I am now and back close to really what my true passion is. And I had only been at Uber, you know, almost just under two years at that point. So I was a little bit torn as to like, is now the right moment? I'm learning a ton here. I love the team I'm working with at Uber. And you know, you just get that little voice in your head. That's like, but it's so great to wake up every morning. And my job is to think about ways to inspire and connect with folks who are in the mindset of what has really propelled me in life and what I grew up really being passionate about and what kind of shaped my experience. So that's, that's why I said yes to taking the call And then just really learning about the opportunity in front of Lululemon. We all know a lot about the history of Lululemon, how it came to be, what it really stands for. And when I started speaking to the organization and to Calvin, our CEO, about the vision for where he wanted to take the organization in the future, it was really exciting because there is so much potential for this brand, whether it be through international expansion, whether it be through entering into new product categories, like we just did with our, with our step into footwear, um, or whether that be through our endeavors in terms of building community Mm. in an experiential way, um, through the acquisition of mirror, things like that. So it was just a really exciting pitch, if you will, to say, Hey, we want you to come and lead this organization. Um, we want you to 
to really put a stake in the ground and introduce this brand to more people because it's got so much special, awesome stuff to offer the world and not enough people know we exist. Mm -hmm. And then obviously getting to know the people at Lululemon, what the brand again, really stands behind its purpose, what it does for its people. It was a no brainer to say, all right, I know it's not been as much time as maybe I would be away from fitness, um, active wear sports, but this is, this is the right move for me to, to come back. And can you think about the point in time when you knew CMO or or CBO was on your radar? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would have said the title or my parents would have told you the title, but I think my parents would tell you like, since I was little, I wanted to be in charge. Um, (laughs) So I think probably at some point, in the first 10 years of my time at Nike and just doing a lot of listening and observing, um, getting to be around some of the most spectacular marketing leaders in the industry. The, you know, I think that's when I really set a goal for myself of, Hey, I've got a vision. I've got a lot of great experience to offer. I love leading teams. I love being part of a team. I grew up being on teams and, you know, I think I've got something to offer from a leadership position and a CMO role is something I think I could step into and drive a lot of positive impact, not just for consumers and for the products that I would be getting behind, but for the teams that I would get the opportunity to lead. One of the things about your career that I think probably a lot of folks who listen to the show can relate to is spending a lot of time within one organization and how, how many years with Nike? almost 15, like between 14 and 15 years, a long time, long time. So like, can you remember, was that scary for you when you finally decided? Terrifying. It was terrifying. And to be honest, it probably took a year or two of me even getting the itch to maybe step out and go somewhere else before I actually made the move. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of that now reflecting back, because it's been many years now since I've been out reflecting back, I do think I needed to go through a process of sort of building my confidence around my ability to be successful and be happy somewhere else, because Nike is a really special place. Um, I've got a lot of really close friends. I grew up, I grew up at that brand. Right. Um, And so to think about what does my personal and professional life looked like when really my entire adult life had been with this one organization and living in, in this one city was a big, a big, you know, a big open question that was a little bit scary. And I, I think a really important part of the decision for me too, was that personal aspect. So I have, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm from Portland. I grew up there. I didn't go to school that far away, just down in Corvallis at Oregon State. And then I came back to work. And I also was just having a lot of, you know, thoughts and dreams around wanting to live somewhere else and and wanting to experience life and build friendships and, you know, just experience new things in other parts of the country and live and be part of a community and, and different cultures. So it was scary and 
it remained scary for about the first six months. And I think that's actually true for any new job, even if you take a new job within the same organization. I think you're, you're so right. And I think one of the things I know I'm personally hearing just from friends and, and people in the community is how much work has become part of our identity, your role, and how much I think we're seeing a shift and that people are kind of taking back that, hey, I'm more than just X role at X company. I'm good yeah. for you for making that move. Is there any, if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody who's in that position now, they're, they've been with a company for a long time, they're contemplating a move, what would you say? I think I actually have a couple of pieces of pieces of advice. One is to make sure that you are building your network and listening and learning from marketers in other organizations. Now, Mm -hmm. what I would say growing up inside of an organization and staying at one place for a long time, I realized when I stepped out that my network was quite small. My network was within the organization I was inside of. And again, it's been four or five years now. And I think about who I know and who I've been able to be connected to, learn from, share ideas with, um, share opportunities with and make connections between my network. It's night and day. I don't think there is anyone that I couldn't pick up the phone and probably am only one degree of separation if I don't know them directly inside of the marketing world. And it didn't take that much time. It just took it being a goal and something that I wanted to do. And I don't know that I thought about it that way at that time. And I went through my own journey. I took the time I needed and I think everyone's different, but the feeling in your gut about when it's time to go chase a new dream or a new experience, you know it and you need to trust yourself because if you want to be successful and go chase something, you will be, you just have to try to go do it. And if it doesn't work out, the world's not over. Like Mm -hmm. there's a million other things to do. And I think that was the other really big aha for me too, is it isn't just a pass fail. Um, At this point in my career, there is a world of things I could do and trying new stuff is actually part of what makes life exciting that we can go try new things on. And if they don't fit, we move on to the next thing. And if they do fit, we stay as long as we like it. You you weigh a little bit of the risk reward, right? So Mm -hmm. really big, exciting new things can't come if you don't put yourself in a place where you're open to those opportunities. So again, I would say build your network for multiple reasons and trust your gut. Yep. Simple. I love it. And, and Nikki, let's talk a little bit about the brand. I don't think you need to necessarily be uh, a Lululemon customer to really understand that the consumers who do consume the brand really, really love your brand. So I know your role as, as chief brand officer is to expand that, get more people to, to know and love the brand. And I also know the brand has a huge focus on people and purpose and the, and kind of the way you put it when we first spoke is its role in the world. And so can you tell, tell us a little bit more about that and how that plays into your role as CBO? I mean, this is something that again, really attracted me to the brand. I knew Lululemon, I would say at the surface level and as a former competitor. Um, and so really getting to spend time with folks who had been at Lululemon for a long time And even folks who were new to the brand to really understand what made Lululemon tick is is probably the linchpin of why ultimately I said yes to the job. But Lululemon's purpose is to elevate human potential by helping people to feel their best. And I would underscore internally, there's a real emphasis around this this word feel. 
Um, it's not just about how the product feels. Um, it's not just about the physical side of things, but there is really this spoken commitment and priority placed on well-being. And when we talk about well-being as an organization, we talk about it through the lens of not just physical well-being, but mental and social well-being as well. And there is a, you know, a, the, the fact of the matter is we sell apparel and now footwear and accessories, but really what we're what we are selling and what we have to offer the world is a holistic approach to taking care of yourself and to feeling happy, to feeling healthy, and really to feeling connected to the community around you and being just a positive, Mm -hmm. having positive impact. And individuals can have that within their communities and groups of people can have that on a much, on a much broader scale. Um, I think one of the story I wanted to tell about how I felt like I was seeing that the purpose wasn't just words on a page, but was something that the organization really lives and breathes, was one of my first um, interview trips, visits up to Vancouver, which is where um, the global headquarters is, and meeting with Calvin, the CEO, and Susan, who is our um, chief people officer, What they set up for the day was, first of all, very well organized, so I can always appreciate that, but it started with a sweat, which is a workout of my choice, so everyone's different in terms of what they like to do, what they like to feel comfortable doing, and like I mentioned, I run, and Susan also runs, so she came to the hotel and met me and took me out for you know, a 10 K run around Vancouver. And, um, she was telling me it had only happened a couple weeks previous, but there is a big race that Lululemon's done for a long time called Seawees. It's a half marathon that takes place in Vancouver. And I've only heard just wonderful things about this race, but she, the way she was talking about what happened in the race was, it was really clear that she had run the race. So I was asking her questions about it. And what she shared was that both her and Calvin had led pace groups for this race, meaning like, you know, the people that hold the sign run with the sign that whole way and help a group of people around them achieve whatever the the goal or the time they want to run it in. And I know that that might not sound like a big deal, but it blew my mind that the CEO of a company and a member of the executive team were participating and putting themselves out there, not just to run so that they could run their goal or their time, but to encourage and to bring a group of people along with them and to help a group of people achieve a goal. That doesn't happen a lot of places. I don't think if it does, please let me know where where those other places are too, because I think we probably have lots to share with one another, but it was just such a testament to the, you know, really living our values and living our purpose. And that's ultimately, I think, why Lou, why I believe Lululemon will achieve the goals that we have. Um, it's authentic. Like what we care about and what we stand for is people, is building relationships, is building community. And we have amazing technical performance and casual wear that you can walk around in and embody all that it represents, which I think is really special. And so coming in, I mean, amazing product, already an amazing customer base, even a fandom, right? How, what do you see as CBO as the biggest opportunity? I mean, honestly, it's just in communicating 
outside all the awesome things we know inside. Mm -hmm. I think traditionally Lululemon has taken a very grassroots approach to their marketing and communications efforts, which I think was a hundred percent the right strategy and is something that we want to maintain. When I think about what Lululemon has done well, I, I think we are one of the only brands that has really gotten community building right from the jump and has stuck with it even through the brand's ability to scale. Um, but there's still not enough people who know, know what the brand is because it's been done sort of like, you know, person to person, it requires you walking into one of our stores and meeting one of our amazing educators or meeting one of our amazing ambassadors or meeting an employee to understand what we have to offer. And we'll continue to do that. But now what I'm really focused on with my team is how do we pair that with a louder brand voice um, so that we can reach more people more quickly. Mm -hmm. And that means internationally, that means bringing more more men into the brand. Um, It means building credibility in activities beyond yoga. So running, training, we have a number of play categories. That's what we call them, like tennis and like golf. Um, there's, I mean, there really is so much runway. We, we say a lot, we're in the early innings of our growth, but I think that's really what I'm focused on is how do we bottle up the magic and communicate it in a way that more people can understand and digest, um, and spread, spread the word at scale. And, you know, I want to go back to community because again, not, not just in your current role, but just given your experience from Nike and Uber Eats, you're no stranger to how important the role of community plays. So what makes a community strong? So I believe community is the output and the input and what we're really focused on is connection. So that's the action. If you're trying to build community, it really is about connection and building relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's not unlike making new friends. It needs to be real and authentic. It needs to be two ways and it's not transactional. Um, I think my don't would be to start from a transactional place out of the gates. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, things need to be mutually beneficial as you're building community and and not one-sided, but it really is about getting to know the people that you're bringing into the community, ensuring that there's a shared set of values. These are things we talk about Um, you know, even as we're determining ambassadors to bring into the fold, like, who are these people? Let's spend time with them. Let's get to know them. Let's get to know the teams around them, what they stand for, who they inspire, who inspires them. And then really it's a decision both by the brand and by that individual to say, this feels good. Like we are friends. We are going to enter into a relationship. We are now going to step into being part of the same community. So I think it just really starts from an authentic connection and commitment to deeply trying to understand and get to know folks on a human level. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love how you said that. It has to be shared values. It's, it's a product that comes from building these relationships. It reminds me of like the early days of social media when 
some executives were saying, make me a viral video and focus so much on, <laughs> instead of focusing on maybe your content just sucks, you know, like yeah. it's like too much focus on the end product versus like all the fuel that yeah. it takes. And yeah, so I, I know I, lots of people are probably laughing right now, thinking about briefs they've gotten to make something viral. Oh God. And then the, other, the other joke I feel like uh, all marketers will understand is that a social post or an email is a solution to any business problem you have, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which we know is not true. They're important levers, yeah. but there is there there's a little more there than that. Yeah, and you know, given how successful Lululemon has been at unlocking that local community, um, how are you thinking about that? And you mentioned educators, right? The store, the in-store personalities, the people that you might go when you go to purchase something. How are you guys thinking about that role digitally, kind of in a hybrid sense? So I I will I want to talk about two, two groups of people who are important parts of our community. One, the educators, and then second, ambassadors. So if I start with the educators, educators are the folks who work in our stores. They are the lifeblood of our organization. And we talk about the educator as being the most important role in the company. They are the face of our brand. They are who speaks with our consumers and our guests on a daily basis. Um, they are who know, who know our product best um, and who are out there participating in the world and building those connections as we spoke about. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that the educators are the secret sauce of this, of this company. Um, and so what we've been spending a lot of time on is, of course, as, as time has moved on, there is a digital landscape, there is e-commerce, there are markets that we probably won't ever get to in terms of building a physical store. How can we bottle up everything that the educators embody and offer that to consumers who might only have access to connecting with us digitally. So over the pandemic, um, some of the, there were a couple silver linings of the pandemic. One was we need to hurry up and figure out how we're going to innovate in the digital space much more quickly, knowing more consumers were coming to us through that channel, um, was creating what we the, the really riveting name digital educator um, <laughs> where these same folks. So these are the same folks that work in the store. You could book an appointment with schedule a zoom or a FaceTime and talk to them about whatever questions you had. It might be, you've got a race coming up and you're, you're looking for some new running product. Um, it might be that you just moved into town. You heard Lululemon folks know where the up and coming new studios are and who are the instructors that are best around the community. Um, it could be a myriad of things and being able to innovate and scale what the educators have to offer. That's just one example, but those are things we're looking to do, um, do more of, uh, around our various touch points. So that's, that's the educator, the other group of people are our ambassadors and the ambassador program is also was born out of a very local focus. So each one of our stores around the world have store ambassadors. So folks that the stores have connected with in their local community and they bring them into the program and they become advocates for your brand as well. And okay, ultimately so local, local fitness focused. Yeah. Yeah. Run a gym or they're just like well-known coach or something yes, like that. Okay. Yes, yes. Across the activities that we serve. These are, 
really what they all have in common, regardless of what their, you know, primary mechanic for um, being healthy and happy is, whether that's their runner, they're a yoga instructor, um, is that they're community builders and they're community connectors. They're people who um, rally groups of people and bring them into this lifestyle. And so the stores are the owners of those relationships. They are who identify those folks. They are who own the relationship on a daily basis. And then we've also built regional sort of key city ambassador program. And we have a global ambassador program where those are the folks that you would see show up in some of our global campaigns, things like that. So folks who have reached beyond their local community, but it's very important for us, I think, to maintain that connection all the way to the store level. Um, again, I think that's what makes the experience folks have when they come into the brand feel really unique. It's very different walking into a Lululemon store and seeing not only pictures of some ambassadors that you probably recognize from social media and um, you know various sports or activities that you watch, but recognizing people who you went to their class this morning. Um, or recognizing people who you've seen at a local event that you attended, that's very different than walking into most other stores and just seeing pictures of very familiar faces, but whom aren't accessible um, and who you don't really know. And right. I think I think building our community in that way has served us very, very well. And are you, uh, do you find yourself applying that same thought to, uh, because I have to imagine influencers for you guys and those kind of more um, non-localized partnerships, you still want to carry through that same field, but you, you kind of lose some of that when it's. Well, yeah, we do. And I think, I think it comes back to what I was talking about around connection and really knowing who these people are. So we have worked with celebrities, we have worked with influencers, and I think you'll start to see us do more of that, especially in markets like China and Mm -hmm. Japan, where that's something that really resonates with guests in those markets. But it still needs to start from a set of shared values and not a transactional, like I'm not going to slide into an influencer's DMs and say, hey, if you promote this new pair of tights, like here's right. the, here's the kickback that we'll, we'll give you. That doesn't feel right to us. And in all honesty, I think your guests can tell, like our consumers can smell inauthenticity. Oh, yeah. um, I think pretty well. And so again, we absolutely work with those folks, but they're folks who we know and who we've right. built a relationship with and um, who we feel great about representing our brand. Yep. And I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about the mirror partnership. Do you want to yeah. tell us like what's going? I mean, that that when that happened, right? That was all over all over our news radars. Everybody was like, "What a what a smart marriage!" So tell us about where you guys are now. Yeah. Um, yes. So we we acquired Mirror in late 2020, um, and again, really with the vision to build an experiential brand where we could scale our community and bring more people into the fold to be connecting with us and sweating with us. Um, We actually just last month uh, hosted Analyst Day where we talked about our future plans and announced um, a really exciting new membership program that we're launching that is inclusive of access to Lululemon Studio which is what we're going to be evolving Mirror into. 
So what Lululemon Studio is, is it's an immersive wellness platform. Um, You can access both virtual and in-person fitness experiences. And um, that's, and we're bringing it under the Lululemon umbrella. So I think the easiest way to think about it is when you now work out or sweat with Lululemon, you're going to do it via Lululemon Studio. That might be physically out in the world. That could be through the Lululemon Studio app. And the most premium and immersive way to experience it is to use the Lululemon Studio Mirror, which is some of the evolution of that branding. What we're really excited about, and this was part of the vision as well, is really pulling in some of our partners, similar to how we've built relationships at the store level. Um, We've got obviously our Lululemon Studio instructors. So those are the core trainers that have been on the platform since its inception. And we're now also bringing on Lululemon Studio partners. So think Rumble, think Y7, Army, um, who if you're in New York or LA, you might've had access to going to a class. Dog Pound, some of these very very high profile, maybe hard to access, super cool, super premium, super authentic studios. You'll now be able to experience classes led by their instructors all within this platform. And part of the reason we wanted to do that is one, giving folks choice. So as we're coming out of the pandemic and folks want to get back into studio, they want to get back into doing things with other people, Um, and maybe not just have a a one-dimensional in-home experience, they still want the flexibility to have both. And this really allows you to access things from the comfort of your home or on the road if you're in a hotel room or actually be going into these studios. And the diversity of genres, the number of classes, the number of instructors, having access to these studios all in one place we think really epitomizes sort of the next phase in our journey around how we scale our ability to build that community. And you mentioned, men- you know, take, taking care of your own uh, mental and, and physical wellness. Ha- I, ha- I have to imagine, given your, your onboarding story, that that is something that's part of the brand. You know, it's kind of built yeah. into the culture. Do you have any advice for maybe those where their company is, it's not that way. And they still, you know, what are some tips or things that you do for yourself as a leader that my um, others could maybe learn from? Yeah. Well, I, my, what I do has changed and I think has gotten, my practice has gotten stronger since stepping into an organization like Lululemon. I actually want to tell the story of my first day because I think it paints the picture of, again, just the authenticity that exists within the four walls of Lululemon um, and our commitment to mental health and well-being and mindfulness, knowing that our organization and our culture is really born out of yoga. So I accepted the role. I started in January of 2020. My very first day was a leadership offsite where I would be meeting everybody for the first time. And we were in a conference room. And all I knew is that we were going to start to talk about the strategic vision for the next five years. Sounds like a meeting probably many of us have been to. So I go in, everybody's very nice saying hello, grabbing coffee and water, taking their seats. And a woman stands up at the front of, um, at the front of the room and like asks everybody to get comfortable, sit up nice and tall on your chair, take a deep breath, make sure your, your feet are, are planted firmly on the ground and close your eyes. And I'm going, okay, this is like, 
kind of weird. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I was going to um, say, were you looking left and right? Like, uh... not yet, not yet. I was still, I was still going with it because I wasn't sure where we were going. And what she then began to do was lead us through a guided meditation where we were visualizing what success would look like, not just for the organization, but for this meeting and the time together as a leadership team. And at one point, I do think I like opened one eye and looked around <laughs> to like make sure nothing crazy was happening. And you got to remember, I'm coming from Uber culture, which is awesome, but very different yeah. um, where that likely wouldn't happen in, in a meeting with leaders. Um, and the first time was kind of weird because I didn't have a meditation practice and I didn't know a lot about the power of breath work. And it was before, you know, a lot of the practices that I have today, it was, I was on a learning journey. And since then, and actually seeing the power of how this comes to life within our culture on a daily basis, whether it's just opening meetings with a mindful moment, whether it's opening meetings with you know, clearings and making sure, you know, people don't have anything that they need to get off their chest or share before we step into something where they may be distracted or might have to cut out early. Um, and just really checking in on one another, making sure that you're all sort of starting your day and what you're trying to get after from the same place. And it doesn't have to be through breath work and it doesn't have to be through meditation if that doesn't feel authentic to you or your organization. But I think what is could probably be taken away from that and applied anywhere is just starting your work and starting your work with other people with intention mm -hmm. and just taking a minute to look at people and to see people for who they are as people, um, not resources and making sure that folks feel in the work together. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good tip. And, you know, you being in the chief brand officer role, is there anything that you can say about kind of the, the head of marketing, um, head of brand role that you think um, has evolved the most? I think a lot of things have evolved. What stayed the same is that marketers are responsible for what folks experience of your brand. If you can touch it, if you can feel it, if you can read it, if you can smell it, that's what the marketers are responsible for. Um, I think what's evolved is the responsibility to, to also be the moral compass for your brand and for your organization, um, to be the champion for people, not just your consumers, although that's a really important group to be the champion of as a marketer, but for the people within your organization and making time to listen and to request and solicit feedback on how people are feeling about what you're doing, where the opportunities are. Um, I also think it's the responsibility of a CMO to see a number of steps ahead in terms of what's this going to look like or what's this going to result in over time. Because a lot of the investments that we make as brand leaders are things that might not impact the day-to-day -day business tomorrow, but they sure as heck are going to have a material impact down the road. Mm -hmm. And it's not everybody's job to think that way. So I think making sure that you also sit at the table and go, all right, what, what's going to be true about people, about culture, about the workforce in years from now? And is this decision that we're making in any way taking us off the right path to where we want to be? 
Um, so there, there really is a lot of strategy, I think is probably what you're, what you're hearing from me. Um, you know, as diversity, equity, and inclusion have become more important as sustainability and social impact have become more important. Those are all things that are part of my remit on a daily basis. And I think they've always been important, but they have become more important in the moment we're in today, given what our people and what our consumers are, are going through. I think that's so well put, um, the accountability uh, for those things. And we have um, a couple of CMO symposiums coming up. And one of the topic that is raised to the surface, and it's clear why hearing you just describe that, is the blurring lines between employer brand, consumer brand, and even social impact and responsibility. And how, like you said, anybody who experiences the brand internally, externally, that's an, it's just become more, um, critical that the CMO or the CBO really lead and own that experience. Yeah. And I think maybe to double down on what you just said, because I think it's maybe the most articulate way to share what I've seen evolve. And again, this was probably true other places before, but I can, I can feel the difference in when I first started out as a marketer, it was all about the outside. Like your inside could still be kind of messy Um, you know, you didn't necessarily put your employees first, but so long as everything looked great out the other side and your consumers were happy, everything was all good. That is a thousand percent, not the case anymore. Um, and I think folks who are, you have to walk the walk and talk the talk with your internal collective first and foremost. And it's another reason that I feel very well positioned inside of a brand like Lululemon and like I've got the tools and I'm empowered to do my job well is that's always been true for Lululemon. Um, There's not a day that that hasn't been true. And I actually think that perhaps Lululemon was just a bit ahead of its time and operating that way. And I'm so grateful to work inside of an organization where I don't need to convince someone of um, how critical that is. I love that. I'm writing all that down. I think that's going to be really helpful for our uh, symposiums. What would you say um, the main, and this one can be quick. I'm just, I'm sure a lot of people want to know what's the main difference you think between a CMO and a CBO role? Is there really one? I think it depends on where you are. Um, The reason that I have the title of CBO is because I have more than marketing in my portfolio. So I do, um, I do lead our sustainable business and impact team as well. So the way I remember talking about it with Calvin, when we were talking about this job is it's a capital B. Um, if it, if it is, if a decision or a body of work is going to come up where our brand, um, needs to step into something, that's part of my role. So it's not just about the marketing of our products and putting on great events and building the community. It's a bit bigger than that. Um, I'm sure that it's different everywhere that you go. I think everyone's, the word brand means something very different inside of different organizations, but I think it's important as people are looking for new opportunities and having conversations about future roles to get really clear on what it does mean to the organization and people who do not work in that function, because it is the one function where I feel like it still looks really different depending on where you are. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get to our final question for Nikki, which I'm very I am very curious um, what she would be doing given all her talents in sports. But before that, a couple a couple fun questions for you, Nikki. What was the last movie you watched? Oh man, I, like I feel like I watched so many. Um, I or show so or shows. shows. Um, I just finished Ozark. Nice, I've heard things about that. Yeah, phenomenal. I'm actually sad that it's over. Um, and I'm also watching Under the Banner of Heaven, which is just a few episodes in, but it's a new, new show. I'm trying to think about the last movie. I think Batman, the newest Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard that one was good too. I liked it. I did. I liked it. What's your favorite social media platform? Strava. I'm, I just decided to go with a different answer. I haven't um, even heard of Strava. Personally, personally. So I have taken a bit of a hiatus from most of the social platforms. So the social platforms I am currently on are LinkedIn and Strava. So I'm going with Strava because Strava right. revolves around my passion of fitness and activity. And oh, I get awesome. to see what my friends are doing and people are still sharing photos. So yeah, I just wanted to throw a curveball in there. I'm I, go I love that. And I'm going to go have to Google Strava because I've never heard of it. And is there any sport that you just are terrible at? Um, I am... I am no good at surfing or skateboarding. I am definitely like a stick and ball athlete. I mean, I just, it's so beautiful to watch and so creative. There's so much progression on a daily basis and I'm just terrified. So I think in a league of their own, they take anything where there's fear factor, I'm not going to be so good at. (laughs) Okay. And then Nikki, last question. If you were not CBO of Lululemon, what would you be doing? Oh man. It really depends on the day. I have a few answers to this question. One, um, running some type of animal rescue shelter. I am a huge, huge animal person and volunteered at the Oregon Humane Society for a long time. And just animals are just everything. I think being a professional dancer would be so cool. I love nothing more than watching choreographed dancing like nice. anyone's ever been to a Justin Bieber concert I'm like not even looking at him I'm just watching these dancers do their thing and it looks so fun if that were your job so real quick fun fact Jordan on my team who who Nikki has met Jordan got pulled on to a Justin Bieber concert <clears throat> before <laughs> and he serenaded her like live oh so we'll have to send you the video I know that's totally different than what you just described but I thought I'd throw that in there to embarrass Jordan it um, must have been he must have sang lonely girl to her that of was course. for a of while course. yeah With yeah rose he gave her a rose and everything oh man it's a it's a great video well Nikki thank you so so, so much for taking time out of your Friday to be with us. Um, and thanks for all the great advice. Thank you for having me, Heidi. Uh, okay. It was really fun to be here. So thank you. Of course. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming, to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. 
Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.